Hello, everybody. Welcome to the New in Chess podcast. My name is Dirk Jan Tenkhuysenam, which for good reasons is often shortened to DJ. In this episode of DJ Talks, my guest is English Grandmaster Nigel Short. Introducing Nigel in a few words is impossible, as there simply is too much that deserves a mention. So here's a random selection. Nigel has won many prestigious tournaments all around the world, and he's even written a book about it. He was a world championship finalist. He's a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire. And let's not forget, he is a three-time Commonwealth champion. And he's also FIDE's director of chess development. We feel honored that Nigel Short appears in this new in chess podcast that is sponsored by DGT. DGT is world famous for their chess clocks that are used in major competitions all around the globe and for their innovative products that create unique chess experiences, such as the DGT Centaur chess computer that adapts itself to your playing strength. Nigel, welcome. How are you doing? What is the weather like in Athens at the moment? Uh, it's uh, quite sunny, in fact. Um, I, I, d I haven't been out today. I've been busy doing a few emails, but uh, it looks pleasant. Uh, yesterday, when I went out with my sweater, I was uh, quickly regretting it because it was quite hot, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, the... The reason why I invited you is your uh, recent trip to India, where you played in the Bangalore Grandmaster Open. And uh, I thought that was a good stepping stone to talk about your travels in India through the years and the tournaments that you played and to hear your take on the Indian chess boom that has brought us such a wealth of uh, new Indian uh, talent. So let's first say, how, how did the tournament go? Yeah, the tournament went pretty well for an old man um you know i got absolutely last time i was in india i had a pretty <laughs> difficult time um i played this match against uh, sadwani and it was just um horrendous actually because i agreed to play blitz which was a ridiculous idea uh against somebody who's extremely good at at that so there was no competition there so uh yeah i finished uh, in third place which um you know i could be pleased with an extra half points and i would have um i would have won on tie break but uh it was not to be um didn't quite have the energy for it but i'm not disappointed with my uh, result at all yeah, the, 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 the tournament uh, was won by uh, Guha Mitrapa and uh, Seturaman in second place. Uh, so strong grandmasters. Uh, I mean, a first question might be, why do you want to play a tournament like that at all? Uh, I mean, these days, many, many players, they um, playing in an open, they fear the, the Indian... Uh, masses of, of uh, great well, chess talents well, and, and, and you're, you're going there out of free will. What is it that attracts you to a, a tournament like that? Well, the thing is that, uh, um, you know, for most of my life, I've been a, a professional chess player and I'm no longer a professional chess player. So uh, as I have a full-time job with FIDE. So in fact, um, I don't have time to play very often. I asked my boss, uh, Donna Reisnitze Ozola, uh, whether I could go. Uh, she is a huge chess fan herself. Um, and she said, fine, um, you know, go, go there. So I'm trying to play a couple of times a year. That's uh, just to remind myself, um, what it's like so uh i enjoy chess so you know why not and you say why here well i don't get invitations anywhere else so it's very very simple you know if i if i had uh invitations offering me vast sums of money i would accept them but uh, yeah. i don't have that so it was something that came my way yeah. And I'll I'll probably probably play something else uh, in the second half of the year. Um, 
Although actually I've been dragged into playing some rapid chess um, in Linz in in May. So um, there will be a FIDE team there and we'll have a management board meeting. So it's a sort of combined thing, uh, relatively short. So uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's why... um, a good reason. You just wanted to play chess. I wanted to play chess. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's straightforward. Isn't it? And I, I like India. I enjoy India and Indians. So, um, you know, it, it's a place where I have a lot of good memories. Um, I think uh, usually the people are very friendly, uh, and uh, and I appreciate that. And they're um, and they're chess fans. So it's it's like one of those things that um, you're sitting in the hotel um, in Bangalore, and you know somebody comes up to you in the the morning, the businessman who happens to be staying there. He's a you Nigel Short. He's got no idea the tournament is on, uh, and. Um, uh, he recognised me, and actually, I was recognised by other people there, which I can honestly say doesn't happen in many countries. That um, although people, uh, they're often familiar with my name. Um, you know, having physical re- recognition like that is is pretty unusual. So it, it shows there is a very strong chess culture yeah. uh, in India. Well, you've literally played and traveled all around the world, but um, well, I, I, through the years, I couldn't fail to notice that you, you like playing in India. I mean, you've played there an, yeah. awful, an awful lot. When, when was the first time you, you played in India? I, I, honestly, I, I honestly don't remember. I know where it was. I can't tell you which year. Uh, so it was, um, I played in, in Calcutta, if I give it the English pronunciation or Kolkata, (laughs) give it the modern pronunciation. Although sometimes with these names, uh, you you do wonder because you're there and, you know, they're kind of insisting on Kolkata and then you get a newspaper pushed under your door and it's the Calcutta time. So, so <laughs> and, and even young people in Mumbai use Bombay and it's sort of trendy in, in a way. So some of these kind of old uh, British names live on. Others have um, have died out. They've been replaced. I don't think people these days are referring to Madras. They talk about Chennai. That That is a shift that has, yes. that has happened. But uh, some of the other things, actually, you were... Um, uh, hearing Bangalore more than Bengaluru, which is the um, the current name, the official name. Well, let's say when you started playing in India, uh, then that for, for many people that was a challenge. I mean, th- those were not tournaments like well you were used to playing in 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 Europe. Let's say, made um, many many big tournaments. Maybe playing conditions not not ideal. Still, you. You clearly felt attracted to those two. And yeah, I've, I've always liked the the place. The thing about India is it has this very curious mixture of the exotic and the familiar, <laughs> and that is something which I um, very much appreciate. So this this blend of uh, things. So. Um, there, there I was playing in this uh, this event. In they, they had this place in Gorki Sudan, and um, not the best playing conditions. I'll be quite frank with you, because um, Kolkata is a very noisy city. Mm-hmm. Um, and very crowded, so that you could hear the traffic outside, and 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 um, fairly abominable to- toilets, to be quite honest. <laughs> and the guys were, 
from West Bengal, they were saying they haven't improved. <laughs> you know, that's what they said. Okay. So <laughs> basically it was a, um, a biohazard <laughs> going anywhere near the toilets. <laughs> but, but many of those students, they're also very difficult. I, I remember reading your report on the, the first time you won the Commonwealth Championship. Yeah. And you, you were three-time Commonwealth champion and when you first went there in 2004 then yeah. you really had to try your best to get the rules changed because there, there were games yeah, in the they, 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 I mean look there was a time uh, in India when they used to play uh, I mean they used to have appalling events you know like uh, the Indian championship I, I've even forgotten how many rounds it was it was I think it was over 25 rounds and crammed into as few days as possible. So double rounds. They were were, uh, double rounds and so on. Of course, I, you know, thankfully, being a foreigner, I was (laughs) never subjected to that. But they uh, had this tendency to put in double rounds. So I'd been fighting against these things too long. And, And I made this mistake, actually, in in Bangalore now because I I got the invitation and it said between this date and this date and I saw it was nine days. So I just um, assumed it was around a day, but that was a big, big mistake on my part. Um, they had double rounds, two double rounds and a free day. Why you do that? Uh, I really don't know. And it's like, as I've said numerous times, that you don't play two games of football a day. You don't play two games of tennis or rugby or anything else. You know, but chess, they think it's it's okay to to do that. And it's, uh, the the quality goes down. Mm -hmm. Um, And an important part of very important, essential part of chess these days, classical chess, is uh, is preparation. And the moment you start having double rounds, then preparation goes out of the window, unless you have extraordinary amounts of energy and you're, you know, you can work well into the evening preparing for the next day. Normally when it gets to the evening, if you're, at an advanced age like I am, you know, you're switching off. You know, your brain is switching off. You want to relax and, you know, stuffing your head full of variations um, is not something you want to do before you you go to sleep. So so that was it, you know. And and interestingly, I raised this subject and I believe they will not do it. Well, but it, it, it reminds time. me of the 2004 Commonwealth Championship yeah. when there, there, there were double rounds uh, scheduled. Yeah. And, and you had to um, discuss this with the legendary or even notorious uh, president <laughs> of the All Indian Chess Federation, Uma Koya. Uh, he was a very interesting character, let's put it like that. Colourful character. Yes, colourful. Um, uh, if, if we skip the, the discussion that you had with him about the, 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 the double rounds, and, and well, you, you, you got your way, but what I remember was that he, he expressed his vision to you about what he thought about the future of Indian chess, and, and he predicted 100 Indian grandmasters in 2012. And um, well, that was a bit yeah. quick. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But he wasn't yeah. totally wrong. No, he wasn't. Wasn't that wrong? I mean, uh, I think by the time he got booted out, the I mean, one of the issues was that seventy percent of the revenue of the AICF was either going to him personally or to companies owned by him or relatives and and friends. So, um, you know, he was on a a modest um, salary. And I never went to his home 
but other people in in FIDE, I've spoken to them later on, you know, Israel Gelfer, Willie Aklicki, and they used to refer to his home as the Taj Mahal. And they said there was so much, there was so much marble in it, and there was obviously no way he could afford any of this on the um, on the sal- you know modest salary that he had as a, as an employee. But they, but, they, they uh, didn't smell a rat, or they or they smell well. They did they did smell a rat, and that's actually why he was removed uh, eventually. So yeah, you know. Interesting character. But one thing I will say about him, well, I'll I'll say a few things about him. He named his son after me. And um, so uh, there's a a Nigel Coyer, uh, and I can tell you Nigel is not a very common name for um, uh, Indian boys. Hmm. And uh, he was very energetic. Uh, He... Uh, organized a lot of events so uh, you know what was the the reason for that well he had a financial interest in, in arranging as much as possible yeah. so he was he was good in that re- respect so I'm all for uh, organizers making money yeah. You know, it encourages them to do a good job. But uh, here you had some rather severe conflict of interest. Hmm. Um, and I think that that's, um, I shouldn't, you know, speak ill of the, the dead, but he, I mean, these things were known yeah. during his, uh, his hmm. time. It was no secret at all. Yeah. I, uh, well, you, you have a keen interest in, in history, Nigel. And I would like you to give a very small historical lesson about the well. I said history of the Commonwealth Championship. Uh, well, going well, you could say going back to the British Open Championships, where many Indian players uh, played. I mean, when we're talking about the rise of Indian chess, then I think this is part of the history of that, isn't it? That I mean, that they first yeah. played, played in the British Open and then. Yeah, well, it, it was the British Empire championship um so anyone from the the empire could uh could it was, it, it was called the british open but this was it was called the british championship yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but it, it, it basically was open to to people from the empire so any yeah. anyone uh could uh could come along and participate hmm. and um uh, we had uh, a separate event. Uh, you mentioned the Commonwealth Championship. That came later. Uh, that came, I think, in 1950 in Oxford. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, and it was an opportunist, opportunistic event in that a number of people from, uh, you know, Canada and Australia and wherever else were in the country at the same time. And so it was quickly put together, this event, and they called it the Commonwealth Championship. Uh, it was more, uh, um, yeah, I think it's actually not a bad format. They could call it the Commonwealth Closed mm. Championship. Uh, so that was the initial one. Later on, that event became really um, a big open tournament, and it's been held in India far more often than anywhere else. They've had the uh, resources to, to do that. But, yeah, so, I mean, the, 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 the first one from, from British India to, uh, to come and to um, make his real mark, of course, was uh, Sultan Khan mm-hmm. and and um, he's from he was from Sargoda is that the the place which is now in in Pakistan yeah that we, we was will the, get to that we'll later. get to that yeah yeah, yeah. so um, yeah these guys came along and it was funny this um, at some point uh, they 
change the regulations. I never actually uh, looked at this myself, but somebody who didn't done some research found that the regulations were the same mm -hmm. for years and years and years. All they did was change, uh, substitute the word Commonwealth for British Empire. So, you know, it was open to to people from from Bangladesh and India and um, and, and and so on, other, other parts of the of the Commonwealth. And eventually this this changed when I think uh, Abhijit Kunte was the the last Indian to to win the the British Championship. I'm always teasing him about uh, this, you know. So, well, and it, it's something he's quite proud of, actually. I know, you know, but we we have some fun. And then uh, I think basically people got fed up of it and said, okay, yeah. Because, because too many Indians were playing in the, in the well, they, they, were, they were playing and they were subsidised. Yeah, and. You know, at one time, um, you know, usually the British Championship hasn't had a lot of funding. Mm -hmm. And so there was some prize money there, but uh, very often people were having to pay their own mm -hmm. expenses. So you would start off, you know, having to pay for um, 11 days accommodation somewhere so you're already down yeah quite a lot of money you basically had to win one of the first three prizes to uh, avoid losing money yeah that's how it how it was so which accounts for your absence in some of them well it's it, it, it accounts for my absence in in most of the yeah. championships you know i mean i Basically, I played very, very rarely. I won in 1984, and I won in 1987, and I won in 1998, and that was a hat trick. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't played in the intervening years. And I played again, I think, in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and I tied for first with Michael Adams and, and lost on the 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 tie break. And I think that's the last time I've, I've played. So, you know, I, I've missed the British Championship mainly because of financial reasons. Yeah. You know, to get back to India, that that is the reason people were coming with, you know, Bharat Petroleum or the oil and natural gas company whatever else the sponsorships and they were coming along and you know they had all of that covered so they, they were they had a, a kind of a free shot at the, the championship yeah, but, but one thing i find but at some point well let's say english players objected to that and said well correct this shouldn't continue like this correct so that's yeah. when you switch to the commonwealth championships uh, I don't know when the dates I haven't um, gen in general when Umakoy was uh, there mm -hmm. as the general secretary of the AICF because he was my fan because he named his son after me I got some conditions for playing in the Commonwealth Championships. So these were um, difficult events. So, you know, finance has has driven my participation. And uh, you always had things a little bit rough and ready. Um, in, in, those, <laughs> in those places. But uh, it was, yeah, it was mainly the playing conditions rather than the hotels hotels have been you know fine yeah but you normally had some chaotic schedule yeah the i think the first one they even had they had uh, some russian players and some other players participating i thought it's completely nonsensical they couldn't win the the trophy for the Commonwealth Championship, because as far as I'm aware, 
Russia was never part of the British Empire, although perhaps it should have been. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the first edition when you... Better if you look at the, the situation in Ukraine today, it might have been better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. In 2004, you, yeah, you shared first with powerful Smirnov and then you were the champion and he was whatever, well, he... He won something, uh, but what, what struck me was that in that final round you beat a very young Patala uh, Hare Krishna, and the curious fact was that I'd you completely forgotten about that. Actually, <laughs> well, yeah, I beat him a few times. I had a pretty good score against him, but, but, but uh, was, oh, that's interesting. But this was yeah. after coaching him. I mean, you, you had a training yeah. session with with, with yeah. him, yeah. so. And he was not the only Indian talent that you had yeah. sessions with. I mean, when, yeah. when, when did you begin to, to get the feeling that this was going to be something really big? And which, which were the players that, that struck you as, as, well, fabulous talents? Um, well, I, I, I think I always expected um, this to to happen i think it was just a a question of time mm -hmm. and and i i say and i've said before that um i am old enough and we are old enough to remember when india was a pretty mediocre chess country i mean it sounds grandmaster yeah, yeah. Well, I, I even recall that before it had one grandmaster, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, uh, um, so you had, um, you know, I mean, and the, there were some guys. You had Barua, uh, you know, Pravin Tipse was, you know, one of those guys from that sort of uh, generation. But it didn't really change until <laughs> Vichy. Uh, came along, and he's just the the patriarch of uh, Indian chess. I mean, he was just on on a different level, mm -hmm. and and even he um, competed in the British Open, didn't he? He played in the British Championship. He's the strongest player. Never to have won the British Championship. I mean, not of the people who participated. But he was seven in years it. old, or <laughs> probably still in the womb at the time. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, he 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 was strong enough. I mean, he was he yeah. was known to be very good, yeah. but people have kind of forgotten now because he's been around for you know so long and an established uh, figure mm. he was incredibly fast mm -hmm. do you remember that yes yes he was really uh, an exceedingly fast player even in a, in a tournament and, like the Naris, he he took 20 minutes for a game or something yeah i know i mean he he, he, he was obviously mm. absurdly talented mm. and then you know he had this game in the Petrov, which he lost in five moves or whatever it was, which shows the downsides of not thinking, you know. Occasionally you have to switch on your brain and look at the position in front of that you. That was against Zapata, uh, or was it? Was it Zapata or was it? No, it was again, it was, was it against Sachs or something? I can't remember. The, it was the, the Miles... No, Christiansen hmm. Miles game or something, which he just seen somewhere and copied the moves, and they had a prearranged draw, and I can't remember who he he lost to, but it was a Queenie two, and you know, and yeah. uh, just losing a piece in the opening. Oh God, that that was the 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 downside, and he he sort of gradually matured. Uh, he had that phenomenal ability, and um, he he slowed down. He matured, and I think actually one of the things that really made a difference later on, because he always had the the talent. Uh, I think he got tougher as as a player. Psychologically, he got tougher. Uh, he was a bit of a 
a fluffy, fluffy bunny rabbit. And, uh, you know, it was when you were playing those guys, you know, like Karpov, and I mean, he got eliminated by Karpov and, you know, when perhaps he, he was already good enough to, to beat him. It wasn't, it was some other things. It was a lack of confidence, lack of belief. And then, you know, and then he came, comes to the, um, uh, the Twin Towers match, didn't he? <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah. uh, where, you know, Gary is a monster. You, you've got to be very, very tough psychologically uh when you're up against gary because this is a guy who can smell fear and he can smell weakness mm -hmm. from a thousand paces well, this, and this, the this, moment was, this was two years after you played gary in in london yeah <clears throat> when anand played him in in new york did he speak to you before no no we didn't mm. we didn't we didn't speak uh, about that, not that I re recall, but that was a match where, you know, he already had, he already had the ability, but um, you have to dig in, you know, at some point you're going to get punched and, um, and Gary did it at some moment. And, And he just collapsed. Mm -hmm. And you you have no room for self-pity when you're on the battlefield. There's no time for it. Mm -hmm. You can throw yourself on your bed and cry at the end. Uh, but during a match, you've got to be very, very tough. And I think at that time, he he didn't have the toughness. He acquired it. The, the 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 talent the skill was there all along and we, and as we know succeeding in chess is is not all about talent uh if you want to talk about talented players vasily ivanchuk mm. you know w why didn't he win the world championship because he's unstable mm. it's not that he lacked chess understanding yeah. at all. It had oodles of chess understanding coming out of every orifice. Yeah. And I always think about him, you know, Kasparov, to me, he's referred to Ivanchuk as a, as a genius. And Gary doesn't call people geniuses. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's not a word he throws around like many other people do. Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've been talking a lot about Vichy, but he got tougher and tougher. And, uh, and he's had an extraordinarily illustrious career, five times world champion. You never quite hear him mentioned if you're talking about the, uh, the goats. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you never quite hear Anand there, but he's in the next category yeah. of the, uh, you know, if you look in chess history, five times is just ridiculously good. Yeah. Um, so one of one of the greats. No, I don't have him in the top three of the greatest of all time, but pretty damn near. Yeah. Um, that's all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by DGT, the chess innovators. Play on an elegant online chessboard on your favorite chess platforms against old or new friends and without using any screens. You can connect with the DGT app or others, such as the chess.com app. After connecting with an opponent, you can put your phone away and concentrate fully on the board you will see your opponent's moves through LED rings on the board. To find your nearest DGT dealer, please visit our website at dgt.nl. The funny thing is, well, you, you were around at a pretty young age uh, and, and uh, having great results at, at a young age. 
Now both of you are uh, officials in in Fide, so you yeah. you meet occasionally. How how does that yeah. feel? I mean this, uh, I mean there's so much history that you share and uh, and yeah. Well, I, I enjoy I enjoy seeing uh, Vichy. I I do. I mean it's in a different capacity. Uh, he is. Um, I don't think prior to. 2022, he paid any attention to FIDE, really. You know, not not a lot. Uh, What I found is that he is involved um, more than I I expected. Uh, He's been learning things about the the organization that takes a little bit of time by the way because you think you you know something about the organization once you get inside you, you realize there are plenty of things you you don't know and um uh so i think he's eased into his his role and he's continues to develop uh, in that role. So he used to sit at these meetings and not say very much at all. And uh, you get definitely more of a contribution, which is what you you want. You don't want people uh, just um, as part of the furniture there. You need ideas and, and thoughts on things. Well, uh, Fishy clearly was the trailblazer for uh, Indian Indian chess. There's, yeah. there's many talents that you've seen. On, on yeah. the way. I mean, I mentioned yeah. Krishna. You work. You work. Yeah. With, well, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you about. I'll tell you. I'll tell you about uh, Harry Krishna. I mean, I, we had a very funny training session once. I we, we. I mean, really, it was very very hard work for me. So we were looking at stuff, and it was many hours a day, and I, I was pretty tired at the 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 end of the stuff. And we we looked at some interesting some interesting opening ideas and so on. And then he goes off to his next tournament. He doesn't play anything. Off, you know what? I just found it very odd. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I you know, good or bad or whatever. I, it was very peculiar to me. And I realized he was somehow, his psychological makeup was completely different to that of most people. So, you know, But did was, you ask him afterwards, why didn't you play anything of what we looked at? I may have done, I don't know. I've been mean, just, just bewildered by that. Yeah. You know, I mean, just you you kind of you're curious. Yeah. You know, you, you 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 look at some stuff and you think, yeah, maybe some interesting ideas there, and, and just no, it was it was as if it hadn't happened. So um, that was that was peculiar. Yeah. Um, very peculiar. Let's say you, you you've seen many of those Indian talents appear on the scene and, and, and improve. Do you have a particular interest in what's happening in India because of the many times that you've been there and the talents that you've seen? I mean, the, 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 the current big names, uh, are you following them with special interest? Uh, not with special interest because I'm, I'm basically not following chess very much at all uh, these days. I, I, you know, it's like, you know, I'm sorry to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, selfish sometimes, you know, on, on, on certain things. And I kind of feel um, like that. Um, like, you know, big events, you might have the Tata Steel. And do I follow it these days? Not really. Hmm. And it comes down to some very selfish motives. You're thinking, well, I'm probably never going to play there again. And that kind of hurts me in a way. Mm-hmm. And so by following it, it's simply reminding me of the passing of time and the, you know, your, your weakening as a, as a player. That's, well, that's 
how I explain it. Yeah, you, it's you not see, that you I see I'm from I can say, and you feel left out. They, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's basically it. And you know, why do you want to be constantly reminded of that? But yeah, talking about the the new uh, generation. Um, well, if you can talk about some of the uh, the sort of in betweeny players. I mean, Vidit is an excellent player. Mm-hmm really um, very good theoretical preparation and <laughs> standing. But then you have the the kiddies, and they are phenomenally good. Uh, you know, Gukesh and, and Praga and, uh, and Nihal, you know, they're, they're, you know, tremendous players. And there are lots of others, actually, but those are kind of the... Um, the big names. Do, do they have something in common? I mean, something that you might say, well, that's because of their Indian background or their Indian, Indian training. Uh, do they have anything that feels Indian, specifically? I don't think so. Hmm. I really don't think so. I mean, it's like, you know, what was the Soviet school of chess? Mm-hmm. It was good chess, basically. You know, I mean, people were just playing. They were playing very differently, but they were just very strong. Yeah. So, and I feel I feel that uh, about the the Indian leading Indian players um, you see today. So, I think these kind of nationalistic stereotypes they they can hold good for a time but when you've got so many players then um it's no longer um the case and they they're working hard on the you know everything is engine engine based so that influences people that makes people a little more similar Um, once upon a time, and I'm not talking about India now, I'm talking about, let's say, China, you could say there were some, let's say, Chinese characteristics um, to their leading players. And that's no longer true, if, if it ever was true. But the, there was definitely a tendency for... Um, Tactics, I would say, a clear tendency for creating these complicated uh, positions, mm. uh, and you know that is something I felt at one time. But they have many new players, and uh, and the game has developed. And you, you know, I mean, you have very strong positional players like like Ding you know for instance and um, uh, as i mentioned the, the the engines are a little bit of a i mean they they are an equalizer to a degree i mean you're an idiot if you don't learn from them so that tends to be uh you know a limited number of suggestions coming you know let's say from the openings and that may you may choose something according to your style yeah what 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 does strike me strike me is that many of the young indian players that they they and their trainers or coaches that there's a clear uh, focus on their on their personal development as well yeah uh, philosophical attitudes towards life uh, is that something that is specific for them i don't know hmm. i don't know so uh, i mean you would know this better uh then well, let's say if, if we talk about yourself i mean you've always been very much interested in other things outside of chess and i always thought that uh this also contributed to your playing strength because it makes you yeah, a maybe. broader person how important maybe. is it uh, well i think it's uh, i mean was, was it, it an, a willful willful effort by you or was it just no. the person you were No, it's just the person 
I I am, and uh, so uh, yeah, I have other interests. I, I sometimes wonder, you know, how wide those interests are. Maybe they're not even that wide. You know, I've always been interested in music. You know, uh, so, and all sorts of music. So uh, uh, I'll be off to to london and i'm going to covent garden to see some opera um ne next month so i have tickets you know and which opera, uh, which opera are you going to see well i'm it's um it's the flying dutchman actually <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh yeah well, I spent a lot of time. <laughs> Nowadays, uh, Wagner and the Wagner Group are very philosophical. <laughs> so, uh, they're, yeah. they're in England now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just popping over for, and, you know, I'll go and see my family and, and, and so on. So, hmm. I, you know, I, I like rock music. I like jazz. I listen to lots of things. Yeah. So I was listening to some jazz last night, but, you know, I tend to play rock music because it's easier and I enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so um, I have fairly eclectic yeah. tastes uh, in music. These days, I didn't always... Yeah. Um, have have that yeah. so well well let, let's go back to this um trip that we started with uh nigel to uh, bangalore and because there was uh, an addendum there uh, after india you also went to pakistan to yep. um to meet the president and the prime minister there uh and to uh, and it, it was all part of uh, uh well a celebration for uh, Sultan Khan's posthumous Grandmaster title. What, what, what can, can you say about that? Um, I'd say it was rather uh, different, actually, because the, the, the main thing was the announcement of uh, a program for chess in 10,000 schools mm -hmm. in Pakistan. So the the that was award the that was the main that was the main, yes. that was the main thing the award mm. of the Grandmaster title to posthumous award uh, to Sultan Khan that was uh, it, it, it's something I've been pushing for for years actually um, and we don't have a procedure for it I mean. Even now, we don't have a procedure for the posthumous uh, awarding of it. And the, I, I'll just tell you something about it. The, the idea is not to award a title to everyone, every strong player in history, because we know Steinitz and Morphy. He can do it. <laughs> you know, the, these guys they ne were never grandmasters, so um, not not officially. Yeah. And go back to the 19th century. I mean, they probably didn't even. I don't know whether they even used this name at all. But um, well, there's always this story that it was in 1914 that uh, that Tsar. Yeah, that he that's had exactly. Exactly. That's that's you know whether it's true or not. But the the, the point is that Fide began awarding the um, titles in in nineteen fifty, and there was um, no Pakistani chess federation. Mm -hmm. um, of course. Uh, India and Pakistan became independent in 1947. But uh, 1950, there was still no um, federation, and they didn't get one until, I think, 1957. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't join FIDE until much later. So essentially, there was nobody to lobby on behalf of Sultan Khan. So this is really remedying a uh, historic injustice. That's the way I look at it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was clearly deserving of it. He was one of the top 10 players in the world, um, you know, if you do a retrospective analysis. Um, so the historical commission didn't have the slightest, uh, I mean, they looked into the, the matter. I asked my friend John Crummiller whether he could propose it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was on the agenda. They did some research because they were, they're, they're quite thorough people they came to the conclusion yeah he was clearly (laughs) deserving of the title but then they have no authority to do anything because it's it's essentially it's a political decision yeah and arcadi was equivocating a little bit he said you know yeah yeah he was saying you know well you know the historical he said we'll send it to the qualification commission Hmm. And I said, Arcadi, it's a waste of time. The Qualification Commission decides Grandmaster titles today. There were no criteria back in 1950. Uh, So essentially, uh, you know, they can't say anything of any sense about it. Um, It's a matter for, um, you know, it's for you and the the FIDE Council can make this decision. So Because of the symbolical significance rather than... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm basically the first uh, grandmaster in Asia. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I think it is uh, important uh, symbolically. And as... uh, as Vichy said to me uh, recently, uh, he said, "He said we've got eighty-nine grandmasters or whatever it is. They can have one." <laughs> that, that was, uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't that bothered about this, you know. So, uh, so, so uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about the prospects? Because, well, if you look at India and and the the incredible chess boom, and then you have Pakistan. Uh, a country with 236 million inhabitants uh, and very little chess culture compared to... Yeah, it's been actually their administration over a very long period of time has been, or successive administrations rather, have been exceedingly poor. And um, you've had people much more interested in their own benefits um, than in promoting the game in the country. And we've seen that over a long period of time. And I've been very much involved uh, with that because I went there in 2011 and I was the first grandmaster to visit Pakistan. So it was something quite unusual and i wrote to the general secretary of the uh, of the federation at the, the time abdus salim and um, you know i said this and, and you know the guy just pointedly ignored me didn't respond to to anything so um uh and, and i was telling this story actually when the prime minister uh, made his announcement. We were in the, the, the Prime Minister's residence and uh, there was a guy behind me who was saying, you know, uh, that FIDE has neglected us. And I was saying, no, 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 no. I can tell you, <laughs> you know, this is it. And I told this story about this Abdus Salim, you know, he said, oh, uh, that was my father. <laughs> So I put my foot in it again. You know? so, so as usual, I managed to uh, make an embarrassment of myself. But it was absolutely true. And it was pretty disgraceful, to be honest, that they they didn't do that. And, and they had problems with um, elections. They had rigged elections for a period of, of time. And thankfully, about a couple of years ago, uh, you know, it's a very long story, and I won't, I won't go into it. But um, I, you know, eventually FIDE 
uh, got involved. Uh, Donna was appointed as the uh, reverse delegate because um, uh, you know, there was a mass of litigation on things. Uh, there were some clearly fraudulent elections. And, and FIDE got involved, appointed a reverse delegate. And the key thing was to hold a clean election. And eventually that happened. And things have been on the up since then. So there are about 20 times as many uh, rated tournaments. Yeah. Well, but 20, 20, 20-fold increase in the number of tournaments. And you see this highly encouraging thing. So I think you will see that Pakistan in a few years will be a little India. Mm-hmm. Now, they're starting from an exceedingly low base because, you know, you've got all of these GMs in um, in India and uh, Pakistan has only had one international master in the in the last 35 years. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a chasm um, of difference. Um, but, but let's let's see. I mean, it will start, it, 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 like, start, start, start to change the moment yeah. you get uh, people involved, and people are noticing these things. This has got a lot of publicity, yeah. and the symbolic thing with Sultan Khan—it's also got notice. So everything starts to move. And uh, what I, I'd like to see, uh, because, you know, these two countries, India and Pakistan, they've had a troubled history, as you know. But I think um, uh, there should be plenty of room for collaboration. And uh, you should see, uh, especially on a junior level, um Indian kids going, uh, you know, from Indian Punjab to Lahore is not even that far in uh, in terms of travel. They can get on a bus and they can go there. And I'd like to see some events like that. And Bharat, Bharat Singh is, is very positive on that. He's saying Hanif is doing a good job. So I think on a... On a, on a uh, the the level of chess player to chess player uh, things are are very positive there. But as you know, uh, governments sometimes get in the way, mm-hmm. and we 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 saw that with the Pakistan team going to Chennai. They actually arrived in Chennai, mm-hmm. and then uh, their government instructed them to to go home uh, to their great disappointment. I mean, there was not a single person um, on the federation who favoured that, but they didn't have a choice. You know, yeah. government instructs, back they go. Yeah. Well, let's let's see if this, um, well, this symbolical moment uh, will inspire Pakistan chess as, um, as Indian chess was inspired by Fishy Anand. Uh, a long way to go, as you say. But, well, thanks a lot, uh, Nigel, for sharing your thoughts about your Indian adventures and uh, your, your visits there. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, and I hope at some point we'll we'll talk about other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just it, it, one thing you can say, I mean, of course, India is a, is a complete powerhouse uh, these days. But it's fascinating. The tournament I played in Bangalore, it's the first GM tournament in Karnataka. And, you know, this is a major state. When you're talking about tech, India, you think of Bangalore. Mm. There are all sorts of tech companies uh, there. So, you know, tech and chess, it's brains. Yeah. So there should be a very, very strong connection. And it's it, it's funny how uh, chess has, in India, even today, 
has been concentrated in certain areas. Maharashtra has been very strong, you know, um, and Tamil Nadu, and also obviously up in up in Delhi and 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 around there. Um, so and, and 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 Bengal, West Bengal, of course. Uh, so it's there is still a vast amount of room. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Strong, strong as they are, yeah, you yeah. know, super strong as they are, yeah. you know, India could get much, much, much stronger yeah. in a very short space of time. It's the most populous yes. uh, country on the planet. And, you know, and I wish them well. Yes, we leave the non-Indian listeners with this homework that they should check out all these provinces and uh, where, <laughs> where exactly all the grandmasters are coming from. Uh, and we will return to that, uh, no doubt, at, uh, at some uh, future occasion. So thank you very much, Nigel, and uh, for your time. And uh, it was good to see you again. Yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.